Thank you. I have two things before we get started, and we've got a long ways to go, so I don't want to take long. First, I want to share a testimony. I, I think we need to be encouraged in what Gabe was saying about, about giving. When I first got started in the kingdom, um, I was not raised Christian at all. I didn't know anything about God. So when I got saved, all I had to do was read the Word and do what it said. And Ginger was the one who said, we need to start tithing. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you need to start giving some of your money to God. It's like, wait, I'm the one that works all week. And I, I just didn't get the thing. But we started tithing. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to go on a specific fast. I want you for seven days not to eat unless someone buys your meal. That's pretty specific. I didn't miss a meal in seven days, not a single meal. People bought my dinner that didn't even like me. I'm telling you, God is good. The other thing I want to say is the Lord shared with me a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He, he tells us about the body and how important the body is. And the body has many members and different parts, and they do different things. And the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of thee. And then he says this. He says, for those parts that seem to be less needed, God gives more honor to And I felt the Lord say there are people here who do not know how valuable they are. They don't feel like they matter. They feel like Zach matters and the praise team matters, but nobody would miss me if I came. And if I, I want to tell you, the word of the Lord is the less valuable you feel, the more valuable you are. Go ahead. Here's my illustration. Nobody will ever say to you, man, you got a great set of kidneys. <laughs> but you let your kidneys stop working, and you will find out how desperately you need those things. Every person here matters. We're like a stew, and everything you add to the stew changes the stew. So if you're feeling insignificant, I promise you there are no insignificant things in the kingdom. There are just people who the enemy has convinced are insignificant. And I want you to rest in the fact that you matter and you're making a difference. And you're just going to need to trust God right now until you can get it in your heart to realize everything you do speaks and so you have value, and the less value you feel for yourself right now, the more valuable you actually are to the rest of us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open up your word, continue to open up our hearts to see you, to be changed by the very thing we behold. And Lord, we thank you for it, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Tonight's title is going to be called The Rest of the Story. Uh, do you all remember the radio, the rest? You're old. <laughs> Pastor Austin fired me up, did a great, great message, and I want to share the rest of the story. Would you turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2? I think it's going to be on the screen. 
Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. It's interesting to me. I don't know about you, but phrases like that interest me. And God rested. I mean, like, well, did he take a nap? Uh, okay, maybe you, don't, maybe you don't think that. I'm like, <laughs> and he rested. What does that mean? Does that mean like he was, <sighs> man, that was. I want to give you eight words that are a framework for Sabbath. And I'm going to go through these eight words quickly. Two years ago, I spent eight hours in a series called All Creation Rests. I'm going to reduce those down to about 15 minutes, so pray for me. We'll look at the eight words. Here's what Sabbath involves. I'm going to leave it up there so you can write them down. Take a picture with your phone. That's the way the millennials and the Gen Zs do it. And we, just take a picture. These are the things that make up Sabbath. This is the guardrails that allow Sabbath to benefit us the way God intended for it to benefit us. Rest. We'll come back to that. We'll major on that. Rhythm. Six days you work, the seventh day you rest. It's a rhythm. If you're a musician, the drummer gives us a rhythm. The bass player gives us a rhythm. Everything works better in rhythm. You cannot eat a week's worth of meals on Monday and then not eat the rest of the week and be healthy. Okay. Have you ever tried it? I promise you. It is not healthy. First off, you can't eat seven days worth of food on a Monday and be healthy. You will be sicker than a dog. And then you'll starve the rest of the week. You cannot sleep two days in a row, and then not sleep at all the rest of the week. It doesn't work that way, which is why when you work overtime, you don't actually catch up if you get a good night's sleep for one day because rest has to be done in rhythm. When you breathe, you breathe in rhythm. When your heart is out of rhythm, we have what we call arrhythmia, where your heart is out of rhythm. When you have that, you feel sick because you are, because your heart has to beat in rhythm. We believe that we can put in 60, 70, 80-hour work weeks, week after week after week, and then go on a 10-day vacation and make up for it. Thank you for laughing. You're guilty. We're guilty. It doesn't work that way. You cannot exhaust yourself for 50 weeks out of the year and then two weeks catch up on abusing your body. Thank you for your thunderous applause. Let me tell you why I'm put on this planet. I'm put on this planet to challenge, change, and cheer. I'm going to challenge your paradigm tonight. I'm going to believe for positive change. And I'm going to be your cheerleader going, you can do it. We are so guilty of being out of rhythm, and we cannot figure out why we're exhausted. 
Because we don't believe the natural rhythm God gave us is to our benefit. We think we know better than God what we need. Remembering is a part of the Sabbath. Remembering you and I were once slaves to sin, and we've been redeemed and set free. It's remembering the goodness of God in the midst of our chaos that helps us get through what we're going through now because remember what God did for us here. Continually, God said in his word, when you go into the promised land, don't forget. Remember what I have done for you. They made stone pyramids of things. Said This is so that you'll remember what I did for you. They piled up rocks and said, when your children go by, you remind them, this is what I did for you. We have for, we're so busy, saints. We are on such a roll. We can't even be grateful for what God delivered us out of last week because we're already worried about next week. We need to remember the good. See, I remember being hooked on drugs and alcohol. I remember having a terrible marriage and treating people terribly. I remember trying to live it up and dying on the inside. I'm so grateful to be in the house of God. I'm so grateful to be set free. I don't throw stones at anybody. I know what it's like to be addicted to things. Not, not like you guys in your coffee. That's, that's a different thing. But move on, Pastor Lee. It's about relationships. Sabbath is about relationships. He said, six days you'll work. I'll give you enough on the sixth day so you won't have to go out on the seventh. He said, stay in your house on the seventh day. So what happens when you're in the same house with your family? You drive each other crazy. And then you work through it. See, when you listen to the heartbeat of God, it was about relationship with him and relationship with others. Sabbath is about enjoying people. We have forgot how to enjoy people. We send them LOL instead of inviting them over the house for tea. We're afraid they're going to see our house is a mess. Guess what? Their house is a mess too. <laughs> we need to not worry about that and enjoy each other. It's about relationships. It's about a refreshing. Paul said that one of his friends, he said, when I was in trouble, he refreshed me. Have you ever run on a hot day and then go down in a lull where there's a river and the air is cooler, like 10 degrees cooler than when it's, it's a refreshing. Have you ever sat on your porch and had a glass of tea after mowing the lawn and smelled the grass cut? You're refreshed. Sabbath was about being refreshed. Why? Working is hard. Unless you're a politician. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. It's about release. You were slaves 
and you've been set free. But I've known just enough about history to know we set the slaves free and they didn't know how to live free. So they went back under working because they didn't know how to live free even though they were free. Welcome to church at large. Welcome to Christianity at large. God has set us free, but we don't know how to live free. It's about releasing things. Letting, you ever hear a pastor say, let it go? Somebody ought to write a song. Maybe make a movie about it. It might, it might actually go somewhere. <laughs> Sabbath is about receiving. Sabbath is about receiving from the Lord so that you actually have something to give the other six days. See, you can't give what you don't have. You know what's the hardest thing there is for us to do? This is a great church, but the hardest thing we face right now in this day and time is getting people to serve. We teach it, we preach it, we model it, but you know what we're up against? It isn't that people don't want to serve. It's that people don't have any margin in their life. They got too much going on. We live in a culture that loves noise. I talk to people all the time. I go to their house, and the TV's going, and they will say to me openly, I just have it on for the noise. What does that say about us as a culture? What does that say to us as a people that we have to have noise to feel normal? The word that was used, God rested, is the word nuach, N-U-A-C-H. Look it up, Strong's. It has about 15 different definitions. One of them is just rest. But let me give you the ones that stuck out to me. The word he rested means he had free space. Free space. All right, under you wouldn't get it. Your space is all taken up. You know why I don't wear a watch? Because it used to dictate my relationships. And it bothers me today to see people, you're trying to have a connection with them. You're trying to help them. And they're like, and now their watch is talking back to them and telling them all kinds of stuff. It's free space. We need to learn how to get back our life and put in some margins, some free space in our life that's not caught up with, oh, I got to be here. Oh, and I got to be there. The busyness of our lives is causing us to lack peace and not know how to truly rest. It means to let go. It means to cast down. He rested. He cast his stuff down. I'm done working. I put the hammer down. Put the saw down. Put the rake down. Put the computer down, whatever your work is. Cast all your cares upon him because he careth for you. You weren't meant, beloved, you weren't meant to be under the weight our culture has put you under. You weren't meant to live at the pace our culture has put you under. I listen to people, and success is all about crushing the day. 
Getting up earlier than the next guy. Going to bed later than the next guy. That's how you'll be successful. That's how you will die prematurely. I know it's the early bird that gets the worm. But have you ever thought it's the early worm that gets eaten? Sleep in sometimes. Beat getting eaten. The word rested means to wait quietly. Our forefathers, and I'm so excited about Jacob and others starting to go back to the forefathers and bringing back some of the disciplines of Christianity that we have lost, and one of those is silence. Our forefathers had a mindset that said, I am going to be quiet so that when I talk, people hear God. I am going to be quiet so that when I talk, it has weight and it matters. One of the hardest disciplines you'll put in your life is getting away from all the noise and learning how to be quiet and just wait on God. Those that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Sabbath was about releasing the weight of things and waiting quietly. It's about receiving. And it's about rejoicing. Of all the good things that God has done, it's about rejoicing, celebrating. Sabbath was a celebration of God's goodness and mercy and ability to provide. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28, the Bible says that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. The good news of that whole phrase is this. The Sabbath didn't pass away with the Old Testament. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. And he says this, you were not meant for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for you. In other words, as Austin put it, the Sabbath is a gift for your benefit. But I'm telling you, we do not believe that. We actually believe we know better what we need than God does. Because God said we needed a rhythm of rest on a regular basis, and we said, no, Lord, I need it when I'm exhausted. In Hebrews chapter 4, go read it on your own. It says the children of Israel, they couldn't enter into his rest because they hardened their heart and they didn't believe. But he goes on to say, but there remaineth a rest for those who believe. I want to challenge you to believe that God can give you enough You don't have to work on a Sabbath. That you can trust God to provide your needs. But you need to believe it. Our Christian culture has motivated and moved to a place where we think we know better than God. We've exchanged a Sabbath day for an hour and a half event. Thank you for your thunderous applause. It's okay. Matthew 7, 11 says that God gives good gifts to his children. The Sabbath was a good gift. 
The Sabbath was meant to separate us from everything else. Exodus 31, 13 through 17. God says, it's not up there, I don't think. Just write it down. I gave it to you. Exodus 31, 13 through 17. He says, this Sabbath rest is a covenant between you and I. I don't know if you understand this or not, but before God and his people, a day of rest was unheard of. Every culture on the planet worked every day. It was common. Most people were slaves, and there was no rest for a slave, which is why you need to rejoice. You're no longer a slave. You've been set free from having to work every day. And he said, this will be a covenant sign. Do you, do you know part of the problem with the church today is we're no different than the world. Why would they want what we have? I'm telling you, if we could show them what a Sabbath rest looks like, they would envy us. If we could say, look, I'm going to go home and spend time with my family. Come on over. We're going to barbecue. We're going to have fun. We're going to throw a Frisbee. We're going to eat ice cream. It's going to be a blast. And invite them into that. Well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. It's fun. It's great. But what do we do? We work just as hard as they do. We're just as exhausted as they are. I'm, I'm telling you, it's about believing that God had something for our benefit, a gift that he wants to give us, and we've said, no, nah, I don't need that. I know what I need. I need to work harder so I can have that. And God says, I know you have need of those things. Just put the kingdom first, and I'll give you all those things. Go ahead. It's good. Good news. How am I doing? Am I, isn't it time to move on? Okay. Number two. Sabbath is about rest. It's the rest of the story. Somebody got it. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. I thought it was pretty clever. It's the rest of the story. Sabbath is about rest. But what is rest? What does it mean God rested? It means he trusted that the work he had done was enough. It's kind of like Jesus saying at the cross, it is finished. Real rest is about trusting that God will provide what you actually need. The truth of the matter is, some of you the Spirit of God has been talking to you don't actually need to grow. You actually need to downsize. You are trying to find rest by gaining new stuff, and what you really need is less stuff. Because with stuff comes fixing. Okay, that's all. I'm going to let that go. I, I get it. I get it. That's hard. Now, I'm going to sound like I'm a schizophrenic, but I'm not. Rest is about trusting God. But he did say, six days you work, 
So if you're a bum, quit it. I'm just thinking, if I have to work so you can get my money, I think you ought to work to have to receive my money. So, we work six days, but then it's about trusting God that He knows what I need. I don't know if you've been paying attention, if you've been listening, but God has been saying through the messages over the last several months, simplify reduce, get uncluttered, make sure the one thing is the one thing, rest. God is trying to get his people in a place that he's wanted us to be for a long time, and we're the only entities on the planet that have resisted the natural rhythms of grace, the unforced rhythms of grace, as it's said in Matthew 11. You don't have to teach an animal to work. You don't have to teach him to rest. We're the only entities on the planet that have to have an energy drink to keep up with our own self-imposed pace. (laughs) Rest is about trusting God. Rest is believing that God will provide everything you have need of. Seeking provision outside of God will lead you to Exodus 16.25 where it says they didn't find anything. I don't know what those people were thinking. Maybe they were greedy. I I, kind of have a tendency to agree with Austin, but I don't know. God told them, I'm going to give you enough the day before. You don't have to. Don't go out. It's not there. But they went out anyway And I think a lot of times we're trying to find something out there that God has already given us. We're trying to find some new thing that's going to give us the joy that we're looking for, but he's already given it to us. Some of us don't need a boat because you'll just be fixing it. Some of us don't need another TV. You'd just be watching it. Now, I'm not going to correct Austin's statement I'm just going to challenge it. Austin said one of the greatest challenges of the Sabbath is commerce, not doing business, making money. I think the hardest thing for us as a culture is not making money. I think the hardest thing for us is setting down technology. Some of you are going to go through absolute withdrawals without your phone. You can leave your home without your Bible, but you won't leave the home without your phone. Some of y'all, bless y'all's heart, you're a slave to your phone. Ding! It's working you. It's slaving you. You're a, it's the master and you're the slave. You know what you need to do on Sabbath? You need to set your phone down. Put it on off. Tell your family. You want to get a hold of me? Come over to the house. I ain't answering my phone. Yeah, you're clapping, but... Let me have your phone. (laughs) Now, I'm going to show you how to rest. Are you paying attention? I'm going to show you how to rest because the Bible tells us what it is and how to rest. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 in the Message Bible. Do we have that? If not, I'll just go ahead and tell you what it says. He says, are you tired? 
Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? What's the answer to that? Yes, you are. Yes, we are. You look at the body of Christ. We are exhausted. The thought of serving in the house of God is like, oh, more stuff to do. Now, you got time to spend five hours playing SpongeBob or Angry Bird or something, then you wonder why you're angry. I can kind of tell you. Are you tired? Yes. Are you worn out? Yes. Are you burned out on religion? Yes. But listen, religion is not just church stuff. Religion is anything that tries to produce what God wants you to have without a relationship with God. Religion is anything that tries to produce what God wants you to have without a relationship with God. Let's put up the rest of the words. Here's what Jesus said, how to rest. I want you to notice how simple this is. He says, come to me. He didn't say come to church and you'll find rest. He said, come to me. He didn't say get on Facebook and you'll find rest. Some of you are absolutely worn out because of Facebook. You're so weirded out over somebody unfriending you. You want to rest? He said, come to me and I will teach you how to take a real rest, which means there are false rests. Rest does not come in Hawaii. You go to Hawaii, you will pay $8.35 for a bowl of Cheerios that you have to pull the top off of, and then you have to buy the milk that's like $4 for a little bitty thing that you have to put into it. If you're not rested, that's going to wear you out. He says, come to me. I want you to look at the words. All of them point to relationship with him. Do you want to rest? Come to me. Get away with me. It's a call to intimacy. When you say to your wife, come, let's get away. You are not talking about going to Calera and getting a cheeseburger. Right? I mean, think about, come, get away with me. Do you hear the intimacy in that? Do you hear the voice of God saying, I want to take you away from this chaos. I want to take you away from this pressure. I want to take you away from the weight that you're under. Let's get away together. Ginger and I just got through celebrating 39 years of marriage together. It was awesome. We went to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I mean, like, what kind of a... I'm going to go to Pigeon Forge? I hate to admit it. I'm like, it's our 39th. Let's go someplace like that on our 40th. But I know too many people who were going to do something and it never happened. 
So I said, let's go. You know what the beautiful thing about that was for us? We were under no obligation to be anywhere that we didn't want to be. We set our own schedule. When I'm here, other people actually set my schedule. Somebody needs to see me. Somebody needs this. I need to go to the hospital. My schedule is set. I love it. I love what I do. But the beautiful thing about getting away was I was out from under all the pressure and all the weight. Nobody knew I was a pastor. Nobody said, where do I find this scripture? And I can comment back in the Bible. I'm basically a free man. And Ginger and I got up when we wanted to get up, ate what we wanted to eat, when we wanted to eat it, went to bed when we wanted to go, we went where we wanted to go, bought what we wanted to buy, didn't buy what we didn't want to buy, and it was awesome. That's what it means to get away. Get away from this. Get away from the pressure. Get away from the weight. Get away from the schedule. Get away from... Get away. Sabbath ought to be a day you take your phone and put it up. I have enough influence on people now that I have people telling me they have told their family, I'm not available on Saturday or I'm not available on Friday. It's going to be my Sabbath. If you need me and it's an emergency, you come find me. See, I'm old enough. We didn't have phones like that. And if there was trouble, you went and took care of it. And, and it generally worked out. We, we believe the phone's to our benefit, but it's actually become most people's master. Come, get away with me. Walk with me. I don't know if you love walking with your wife like I like walking with mine, but we'll walk the beach or we'll walk down the road going somewhere and we'll just hold hands. I'm just, when, when, when Michael was little, he liked to hold my hand. You know, he never got in trouble when he walked with me. It was always when he's on his own that he got into trouble. Just, just saying. He's, walk with me. Don't, don't, don't just fly by, give me your wish list. Who am I speaking to? Don't, don't just tell God all you want him to do for you. Walk with him. God wants to walk with He walked with Adam in the cool of the day. They had relationship from beginning to end. God is all about relationship. In the end of days, he will say to those individuals, depart from me. I never knew you. It's about relationship. Walk with me. Work with me. Let me tell you a cool story. When my daughter was little, she wanted to help me work out. And in the back of our trailer, I had a bench with a weight on it, and I would pick the weight up, set it down on the ground, and I would begin to pick that weight up, and she would hold on to the bar. And she was helping me work out. So it meant I had to lift the weight and her. I would lift it up, lift it up, lift it up, let it down. She's helping me work out. But you know what I was in for it for? Here's the beautiful thing. I would pick that weight up, put it here, begin to push it up, and I would give her a kiss on the way up. And then I'd give her a kiss on the way down. I was in it for the kiss. Can I tell you something? When you work with God, he's in it for the kiss. 
You're not going to help God lift things. He's got all the strength and then some. He allows you to hold on to the weight just so he can kiss you on the way by. Work with me. When you look at the word where it says, come unto me, take my, my burden is light, take my yoke upon you, the word he uses, you'll find rest is the word we use for recreation. When you get hooked up with God, it's like a vacation. You spend more, you do more, but you enjoy it more because you're free. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Now, this is real simplistic. I'm sorry it's going to be like a dull moment for some of you, but you can't watch God without looking at him. Watch how I do it. It means you need to be looking at him. You know, instead of going and doing something and asking God to bless it, why don't you watch what he's doing and go join yourself to that because it's already blessed. Again, I just Michael taught me so much about God and my relationship with God. When Michael would get up in the morning, the first thing he would say is, where's Papa? Where, where, where is he? Because he knew if he was with me, it's going to be okay. Instead of, I'm going to go do this and hope he finds me there, where is he? I'm going to go where he is. We ought to wake up every morning and have eyes to see what God is doing and go join ourselves to that because it's already blessed if we're watching what God is doing. And then he ends it with, keep company with me. You are the sum total of the people you hang with. God just wants to hang with you. Because when you hang with the Lord, it affects how you see life. It affects how you see others. It affects what you do. You begin to talk like them. Have you ever noticed people who've lived together a long time, they start talking the same thing? They can start finish one another's sentence. They can say, hey, I was really thinking I might like a, me too. <laughs> Why? Because when you spend time with people, they affect you. Jesus is just saying to us, you want rest? It's not in Hawaii. If you don't take rest with you, it's not there. Rest is about trust. God will provide all I have need of. And if it's not provided, I probably don't need it. And rest is about a genuine, authentic, sincere relationship in which you come to Jesus, you get away with him, you walk with him, you work with him, you allow him to kiss you on the way up and the way down. You watch how he does it, and you just keep company with him. I'm done. And that, beloved, is the rest of the story. Can I pray for you? I don't know why I asked. I was going to do it anyway, but trying to be polite. Father, in the name of Jesus... I thank you, Lord God, that you care about your people. And you made a covenant with us that separated us from every other culture in the world. You gave us a day off, a day to have incredible things happen in us and through us so that when we did go to work, 
We had something to offer. And Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice clearly and that not only would we take a day, but we wouldn't just fill that day with more stuff, but that we would allow that day to be a day we receive, a day that we get filled up, a day that we enjoy, truly enjoy what we do and who we do it with. And Lord, that we would again be a people that the world would see are separate. We're not like them. We're separate from them. That we don't have to trust the works of our hands, that we trust the living God to provide all the things that we have need of. And God, like the bee, help us to see that you love the bee because it's a bee. We love a bee because it pollinates flowers and makes honey, but you love the bee just because it's a bee. Help us to see, Lord God, that you love us just for who we are, and we can be who we are. Lord, I thank you that you're in your words, Lord God, in your messages that we're hearing. Thank you for continuing to repeat yourself so that we can see this is a word you're trying to get into our hearts and a lifestyle change you're trying to work into our rhythms so that we can not only be physically healthy, but so that we can be spiritually healthy. Father, we thank you that most of us are like the kid on the merry-go-round that is going so fast, if they tried to get off right now, they would just get injured. So help us, Lord God, to at least learn how to slow down the merry-go-round so that when we do step off, we don't get injured. Help us to trust you, Lord God, to say yes to the things we need to say yes to and no to the things that aren't going to help us create a Sabbath day rest. That it's okay to say no so that we can say yes to the things that really matter. Lord, I thank you for it and I praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.